Welcome to the Practice Brave Podcast. I am the host, Brianna Battles, founder of Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism and CEO of Everyday Battles. I'm a career strength and conditioning coach, entrepreneur, mom of two wild little boys, and a lifelong athlete. I believe that athleticism does not end when motherhood begins, and this podcast is dedicated to coaching you by providing meaningful conversations, insights, and interview topics related to fitness, mindset, parenting, and of course, all the nuances of pregnancy and postpartum. From expert interviews to engaging conversations and reflections, this podcast is your trustworthy, relatable resource for learning how to practice brave through every season in your life. Welcome back to the Practice Brave Podcast. This episode is going to cover what I want you to know about your core and pelvic health. I think there's a lot of confusion and almost like hyper awareness now, whereas just a few years ago, there was not a lot of understanding about the core, at least not in a way that extended beyond like core exercises, right? Now, when we hear core system or core and pelvic floor considerations or exercises, it's not as simple as just heel slides, right? There's considerations that kind of create the importance around understanding that core system, especially as it relates to female athletes and women's health in general. There's a huge disconnect there between obsession over abs and a flat stomach and the aesthetic components, and then the actual functionality of how that supports the whole body and the whole system and continence and symptoms and whatnot. So what I've tried to do over the past few years from the scope of a strength and conditioning coach is connect the dots between that functionality of the core of the pelvic floor to strength and conditioning to performance. And then how does pregnancy and postpartum experiences influence that system? And that is honestly what has spearheaded, I guess, like the uniqueness of my brand is connecting the dots between core and pelvic health considerations and athletic performance. There's not really a lot of conversation around that. And we certainly don't have a ton of research about that. It's pretty narrow or limited. So we're getting there. We're making a ton of progress. But in today's episode, I want to just try to have a conversation with you without getting too nerdy to explain what your core and pelvic floor is and kind of like why you need to care. How does it influence other things about your body from that function standpoint. And again, how that translates into performance. So your core is made up of more than just the six pack ab muscles that we typically see or are desirable for a lot of different people. The transverse abdominals are the muscles that are underneath that, that kind of wrap around the body. You can think of them as acting like a corset for that. And the pelvic floor is actually a muscle too. It's the base of your core. So that is what actually supports your vagina, your anus, and that musculature there. Again, the base of your core. And these things work together in conjunction with the diaphragm. So on inhale, the diaphragm descends, the stomach relaxes and gives right? Like there's less tension there on an inhale. And then on exhale, the diaphragm travels back up behind the rib cage. And that solicits a, like a really responsive contraction from the TA, the transverse abdominals and the pelvic floor. 
So that is a naturally occurring phenomenon where you are not having to necessarily think about that. Although when we add the extra advantage of being mentally aware or of cueing that, great, that can help a lot. But I want you to know that that's just kind of naturally how our physiology works. On inhale, diaphragm descends, belly kind of gives, there's more expansion there. Everything lengthens. The pelvic floor lengthens and relaxes, broadens, opens, whatever word helps you visualize that. And on exhale, diaphragm naturally um, goes back up under or behind the rib cage, I should say. And that solicits that pelvic floor lift or contraction. And it's really gentle. It's really subtle. It's not something you are conscious of unless you're trying to be conscious of it, which is how it's kind of gained a lot more awareness and popularity in the pre and postnatal space um, with pelvic floor physical therapy, because there's such an advantage to understanding how our body works, how it all syncs, because I've said this a million times. It's not about having a strong pelvic floor. It's not about doing a million kegels or a million different, like put this in air quotes, like core and pelvic floor safe exercises. It's about having a coordinated system. One that is responsive to the task at hand, whether that's a deadlift and not feeling symptomatic or to sneeze and not peeing yourself, whatever it might be. We want that pelvic floor and that core system to respond to the task at hand in a way that helps the person feel healthy, feel good, not experience symptoms, or at least be in a place where she can manage those symptoms because of her level of awareness of how her body works. And again, this is a fine line, right? Because there can be hyper-awareness, especially if you're somebody who is experiencing prolapse, you might feel like something's falling out of your vagina you're like, oh God, I need like a lot of pelvic floor, like strength or a lot of um, pelvic floor engagement before I deadlift or every time I sneeze. And that might be creating a ton of tension because I want you to go ahead. If you're sitting right now, I just want you to stand up. I mean, if you can't, it's fine, but you can try to stand up put your hands on your belly. And I want you to inhale into your belly button and think about inhaling into your hip bones. So like I have my thumbs at my belly button and my pinkies at my hips. Okay. So I'm going to inhale into my hands and chances are you're not really letting your body like relax and give on that inhale as much as you normally would. So I want you to kind of like have a food baby going on. If you're pregnant, you got an actual baby in there. Like I want you to really let that tension go, let it go on that inhale. And you'll start to feel this like give probably in your butt (laughs) and in your pelvic floor. Let it go even more. Let it go. Just like want, like you really try to focus on every time you inhale, just a little bit more give. Right. And sometimes it helps to lean forward slightly. A cue I like to give for running and just for finding this connection is tits over toes. So if you're listening, sorry if that's slightly offensive. Sometimes my inappropriate cues are the ones that work the best, Um, but kind of like lean forward, really inhale. And you should feel your glutes and your vagina and your abs all kind of just give, okay? They just let go and we're releasing tension, releasing tension, releasing tension. I don't know about you, but anytime somebody tells me to like relax, I'm like, I don't really know how, like, it's hard for me to relax. I get my nails done and they're like, relax your hand. I'm like, I don't, I thought I was. And it's the same kind of thing when it comes to learning, especially for athletes, 
how to sort of downtrain and lengthen that system, how to truly, truly relax their, their core and their pelvic floor. Because frankly, so many of us are conditioned to be like sucked in and holding tension constantly. Okay. So I want your hands back on your stomach. Now I want you to suck in. I want you to hold your belly in like how you normally do. Those of you that are pregnant, like you may or may not realize this, but you're sucking in your baby a lot of the times too, because you're just so programmed to suck in your stomach. So you might even be holding that tension there. Okay. Now I want you to suck in your stomach more, suck it in, suck it in. Now pay attention to what your ass is doing. Your glutes are probably tucking under and squeezing and your weight is probably in your heels as well, right? The more you suck in, the harder, the more tension you're creating, the more tension that's being created at the base of your core too, in your butt and in your vagina, trying to hold that much tension. So now I want you to think about that. We've kind of experienced both ends of the spectrum, like really trying to like let it go on that inhale. And then when you're creating tension on when you're sucking in and if you're adding that exhale, okay, now we're like kind of creating this like max tension. Great. We've experienced both ends of the spectrum. And now we have to find the messy middle of that. A lot of athletes are much more programmed to be on the more tension, more sucked in, more gripping of their rib cage or gripping of their abs. If you kind of have like a kink in your core, they would tell me that you, you kind of like hold a lot of tension in your, in your abs. If you're someone who kind of squeezes their glutes or has a tucked under, butt, a lot of the times you're probably somebody who carries a lot of tension in their glutes, in their pelvic floor. And so it's paying attention to what your unique tendencies are, which will kind of give you that proactive approach to navigating symptoms and being aware of your body as a female athlete. You have to know your symptoms because if you don't understand what you do, you're not going to be able to do the undoing of it, right? No amount of core and pelvic floor exercises or kegels or whatever is going to help you if you're not somebody who actually meets that necessarily. So this is very individualized. And it's also why it's so important to at least have a one-time consult with a pelvic floor physical therapist. There are remote options for that. And frankly, even for like this kind of conversation, this is something that a, a pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach could easily walk you through, even like a remote consultation, just like, okay, what are your tendencies? And what are some things that we can do to counter those tendencies during pregnancy, during postpartum, as you're reintegrating into the kind of fitness you want to do? Once you get an understanding of what your baseline is, what your natural tendencies are, well, then that allows you to have more freedom in what your unique game plan needs to be. Do you need strengthening? Do you need down training? Do you just need a little bit more syncing and coordinating? Well, maybe you have a, a symptom threshold. So, you know, you don't start to experience symptoms unless you're doing this kind of movement or when you sneeze or when you throw up or when you, if you're having painful sex or if you're deadlifting or if you're power cleaning, running, whatever it might be, it's kind of knowing like, what is your, what is your trigger, your unique thing that causes symptoms or what can we do to be as proactive as possible in the ways we can control to mitigate some of those symptoms? So again, there's some good ways to get familiar with your body. Most of us have not been taught anything about getting connected to our body like this. Maybe we've gone to yoga and we've had some, some different cueing, but maybe it didn't really make sense because again, if you're listening to this podcast, you're likely somebody who's maybe identifies more as an athlete and can be hard to kind of shift gears into a more relaxed and in tune at, in that capacity way of being. 
So I want you, if you can, <laughs> maybe not right this second, but later day, I want you to get down onto all fours. So like your elbows on the ground, or actually you can just like have your hands on the ground. So you're in like a really modified push-up position. Knees are on the ground. So you're not having to like put in a lot of effort into holding yourself in this position. Really relaxed. And I want you to just let your belly hang. Honestly, that's all I want you to think about. Less about breathing, less about like your pelvic floor. I just want you to let your belly go as much as possible. Basically make yourself look as pregnant as possible. Even if you're not pregnant, I want your belly to just hang like food, baby, like actual baby, what <laughs> a postpartum belly, just let it totally hang. And what you should feel, the more you just really like, let it go, let it go, let it go, especially in that position, because you have gravity working for you here with letting your belly go is your pelvic floor just kind of relaxing too, right? Because your vagina and your butt's a little bit more opened and broadened in that position when you are bent over. And so you have to be able to let go of some of that tension there, okay? And if you're somebody who carries a lot of tension there, sometimes that can actually create symptoms that can cause some incontinence, that can cause more pain, that can maybe trigger some prolapse symptoms. So being aware of ways to kind of downtrain or relax uh, is really critical during pregnancy, postpartum, or if you're somebody who's experiencing symptoms, doing that after a workout or as part of your rehab, all a really good idea. So you're there. And now I want you to slowly think about drawing on exhale, exhale and draw your belly button up gently toward your rib cage. So the more you can work on that, letting go, inhale, everything relaxes and exhale, gently draw your belly button up toward your rib cage that helps you create that mental connection which is so powerful it extends far 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 beyond like any kind of like physical like exercise you're doing right now it's create that mental coordination and awareness so then it can transfer well into your exercise because then we can put that into a deadlift we can put that into a squat we can put that into a kettlebell swing and we can coordinate and help build that capacity up it can be feeling like really challenging, right? It can feel challenging to create that awareness of your system. But once you do, it helps give you a little bit more feedback on what you need to do. Another way to do that is to lay on your back and elevate your feet up. It can be feet up on a couch, feet up on a wall, something like that, and have your hands on your belly. And again, like inhale into your hands and then exhale. Think about drawing your belly button up toward your rib cage. Another cue I use. And I, again, I apologize if this is a little crude, but think about zipping up your clit because that's such a subtle cue that it helps solicit the right amount of tension and engagement that we need. A lot of us think in extremes. So we're like, I'm going to have the best pelvic floor core engagement ever. And it's like this all out, like inhale and then exhale, like so much engagement, creating way too much tension, right? So I'm on like that two out of 10 effort, that 80%, whatever it might be, just thinking like super subtle contraction, because again, the goal is automaticity. The goal is like, you don't, you're not thinking about this forever. It's something that just your body is naturally able to train and accommodate and build to the task that you want to do over time. Okay, this is mitigating symptoms. This is helping improve symptoms. This is increasing your baseline of symptoms or your, your symptom threshold. So again, you can lay on your back, feet elevated, or at least under a pillow up on a couch where they're just totally relaxed. 
Inhale. And then exhale, slowly think about bringing your hip bones together. Okay. Or you can think about inhale, everything just kind of relaxes. And then exhale, zip up your clit. Okay. Inhale, everything relaxes. And exhale, think about lifting your belly button up toward your heart. Now, maybe you have been cued like belly button to spine. So many of us who have been in the fitness industry for forever have been told that a million times. Now, that might be a good cue for some people. I know that for a lot of people, when you go belly button to spine, it naturally kind of gets your glutes involved where they tuck under. And that's not exactly what we want. We don't want there to be a compensation from your butt getting involved. It's truly thinking about lifting from your vagina up without incorporating your glutes as well to kind of like help with that or compensate for that. So some people think about pulling a tampon, it's like pulling a tampon up is the motion, or if you're lifting a blueberry up with your vagina, I know these are really weird, um, weird cues, but I do like the zip your clit because it helps with just the right amount of engagement um, instead of like thinking, okay, pull tampon or like lift a blueberry up. That can kind of like be a lot of effort. Whereas zip the clit is so subtle. <laughs> Again, I got, I, I'm just wondering who out there is listening to this episode where I'm talking like this, literally never thought this would be the trajectory of my life as a strength and conditioning coach, but here we are. Um, that I just, I want you to know that though, because this is, this is your anatomy. This is how that system works. And sometimes pregnancy and postpartum or menopause, or frankly, just being a female athlete in general, like we need to be aware of our body like that. Um, it doesn't, it shouldn't take getting pregnant to have an understanding of how that system works. But a lot of times that's when we become hyper aware of like, oh man, a baby's about to come out of here, or I'm experiencing symptoms. Like what the heck should I do? What do I need to know? Um, so this is a really proactive way to gain awareness around your body as a female athlete, or just like as a woman in general, how that system works, what you can do to be aware of it and what your options are to improve your core and pelvic health. If you're somebody experiencing symptoms, and again, just being really proactive about what your tendencies are, what you can do about it and how we can use exercise as a tool to help integrate this breathing and awareness of that system. Again, it's not this like kiggle with every squat or anything like that. But maybe it's just less tension that you're holding in your glutes for every squat. Maybe it's not sucking in your stomach every time you're jump roping because that, okay, that's creating a lot more tension on your pelvic floor and your pelvic floor cannot hold that much tension when we're adding impact, when we're adding repetitive impact. And so then you're peeing, right? So it's creating awareness around what your unique tendencies are, your own core and pelvic health needs, what you tend to do. Are you someone who holds your breath all the time? Are you somebody who holds a lot of tension there? How can re how can we redistribute how you're using your breath to again, like do we need a little bit more broadening and relaxing? Do we need a little bit more engagement? What do we need to do there? Are we putting pressure out onto the midline? Are we putting pressure down into the pelvic floor? How can we redistribute that intra-abdominal pressure? Okay, because this is something that comes up a lot too, is people being really afraid of coning, for example, when they're pregnant, they're concerned about diastasis on um, both during pregnancy and postpartum. So coning is not a diagnosis, right? That's not like, oh man, she's coning. She must have a diastasis. That is not true. A diastasis is a naturally occurring separation of the left and right sides of the abdominal wall. 
at that midline. Your midline is made of connective tissue. It's quite literally designed to stretch during pregnancy. Sometimes postpartum, it is stretched and it stays a little bit extra stretched out. For some people, it can be really severe where there's a lot of like organs that are pressing on that midline, creating a lot of distension. We're not just talking about like carrying extra fat there, but truly just a reshaped abdominal wall because that tissue of the midline has been so, so, so stretched out. For a lot of people, that midline kind of goes back to a, a new normal, a new homeostasis where there's decent tension there. It's really taut and they don't have a diastasis. If that midline is taut and it is strong and it's not super squishy, again, we're talking, it's not just like body fat. We're talking about the actual midline connective tissue. If it's not super squishy and it's not a diastasis. So diastasis is not just how far the abs are separated. It's the integrity of that fascia, of that connective tissue of the midline. How responsive is it to the tasks that you want to do? There's a lot of fear around diastasis. And I understand why, like it can be scary to see your abs change or to feel like, oh man, like I am, I going to have like some, like my stomach is going to be messed up or whatever. I, I hope that, you know, that there's a lot that can be done from a rehabilitative standpoint. I want you to listen to some of the episodes I've recorded on diastasis. And I can't think of what numbers those are, but look back, look at the episodes I've recorded on diastasis. If that is a rabbit hole you want to go down, because I've, I've gone down there plenty of times, but that's why we want to bring awareness to how this core system works. Because while we can't control the severity of a diastasis during pregnancy, I guess, well, we can't control that there's going to be a diastasis during pregnancy. I should say we can sometimes control the extent of the severity if we have awareness of how we're managing that core pressure, of how we're, what our tendencies are. Um, are we somebody who naturally stands really, really rung up, um, flared rib cage? Okay, well, that changes pressure on the midline. Put your hand over your belly button and I want you to like stick your chest out, okay? This is a position that maybe we do an overhead press from, or this is a position that we would finish a snatch in. This is a position that we would be doing a kipping pull-up in, Right. So in that position, you feel there's naturally, you're pressing into your hand when you have your, your hand over your belly button, your rib cage is thrusted up. So now I want you to bring your rib cage to more of a neutral position. Okay. Well, that changes how much pressure is going out on the midline slightly less. There's still pressure there. They're still making contact, but it's not exaggerated when you adjust your rib cage and kind of flare it up, right? Let's do that again. So you can feel how that just changes where that pressure and force is going on the midline. It's not bad. It's just part of our movement tendencies that we do need to be aware of when we're taking core and pelvic health into consideration. And then same thing about if we're thinking about athletes who breath hold when they squat or when they deadlift, again, put your hand on your belly, on your midline, when you take a big breath hold. Okay. So there might be a lot of pressure going out, or you might be somebody who like pressures down. You can know that like one hand you can have on your belly button, one hand you can have like right above your vagina, kind of between your hip bones at your bikini line, I guess you can feel like, where are you, are you somebody who like breath holds and kind of like sends pressure downward into your vagina and pelvic floor? Or are you somebody who really sends a lot out into your midline? And I like to teach athletes how to distribute that pressure so that it's not just kind of out or down. You know, the uh, cue I like to use is breathe into your lats. I like that because that helps really think like, okay, I can like breathe into my lats or when, you know, you've made a lot of progress, you're ready to introduce some breath holding again. Okay. I can like inhale into my lats and that's, 
that's a good cue for me because I'm not generating a ton of pressure out onto my midline or down into my pelvic floor. So again, these are really about creating awareness around what your unique tendencies are, what you can do to counter them and why your core and pelvic health matters. It's not just to have a flat stomach at all. And it's not just to improve your diastasis. It's really to know that you're prioritizing both the function and how it relates to your athletic performance, especially during seasons where there's an extra layer of vulnerability, pregnancy and postpartum. There's a lot of unknown factors there. You don't know how you're going to carry the baby. It might be your your first baby. It might be your fifth baby and and all kind of carries its own different experience and being able to navigate that with awareness of your body, what you tend to do, and then how to counter that when trying to mitigate or improve symptoms is really, I think, the key to making progress in how we deliver information to pregnant and postpartum people and you know how it relates to our fitness and the fitness industry in general. We have a lot of work to do. This has been a really overlooked thing, especially as it relates to athletic performance for a long time. And I'm here to help try to try to change that in the ways that I can. So if this episode was interesting, or if you have questions about it, I would love for you to send them my way. I want to know how I can help explain better, or if we need to do a deep dive into an avenue of this conversation, because I know it's kind of a lot and it's a lot to take in. I'm feeling like I probably forgot something, but (laughs) I know y'all will let me know. I really appreciate you. Thank you for listening. And please let me know what questions you have. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Practice Brave podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please leave a review and help us spread the work we are doing to improve the overall information and messaging in the fitness industry and beyond. Now, if you are pregnant and you are looking for a trustworthy exercise program to follow, I have you covered. The Pregnant Athlete Training Program is a well-rounded program for pregnancy with workouts for each week that are appropriate for your changing body. That's 36 weeks of workouts, three to four workouts each week, and tons of guidance on exercise strategy. We also have an at-home version of that program. If you are postpartum and you're looking for an exercise program to follow, the eight-week postpartum athlete training program would be a really great way to help bridge the gap between rehab and the fitness you actually want to do. From there, we have the Practice Brave Fitness Program, which is an ongoing strength conditioning program where you get new workouts each week and have a lot of guidance from myself and my co-coach, Heather Osby. This is the only way that I'm really offering ongoing coaching at this point in time. If you have ever considered becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach, I would love to have you join us. Pregnancy and Postpartum Athleticism is a self-paced online certification course that will up-level your coaching skills and help connect the dots between pelvic health and long-term athletic performance, especially during pregnancy and postpartum. Become who you needed and become who your online and local community needs by becoming a certified pregnancy and postpartum athleticism coach. Thank you again for listening to the Practice Brave podcast. I appreciate you and please help me continue spreading this messaging, this information, and this work. Mm -hmm.